film sucks Indie film sucks It's the Indie Film Sucks Podcast Yeah of St. Louis, from a basement on South Broadway, the Indie Film Sucks Podcast. Okay. Here we go. Once again. Hey everybody, how you doing? I'm Brock. I'm Chris. And we're part of the 88mm production team here. We're missing somebody again. Chris Mackey out on assignment. <laughs> working working hard for to further our indie film uh, purposes. Yeah, he's a go-getter, man. He really is. Yeah. So now what, Chris? Let's talk about what we saw not that uh, not that long ago. What's that? Wyatt Weed and Gail Gallagher's film, The oh. Dark at the Top of the Stairs. Let's do. Let's start digging that for a few minutes here. So we just went to see that at the High Point. Yes. Where Red Night at Skies will be shown on November twenty fifth. Get your tickets. Um, but yeah, Dark at the Top of the Stairs, and uh, we had Wyatt on here talking about his film, Dark at the Top of the Stairs. And how he made it during COVID. Yes. And we finally got to see it. And I got to be honest, Chris. I was actually blown away <laughs> by, by what he did. I could not believe uh, what he did. I know I know he's a talented dude. And, and Gail, she's, she's a rock star too. Well, here's the thing. Gail had never shot anything before. No, I was going to get to that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Gail and Wyatt are husband and wife. And during COVID... They were uh, not able to shoot some of the things they wanted to shoot because everything was shut down, obviously. So Wyatt decided to make a haunted house film in his house, which is kind of spooky, really. Yeah. And it's a 150-year-old house. I believe 100, said, 130. 130-year-old home. And uh, he and Gail decided to make a movie just with the two of them. Making a feature. This. A feature film. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. So... How it worked was his wife, Gail, who had, Chris mentioned had never been behind the camera in her life. Well, why it's usually that. But Gail is not an actress, uh, at least that I know of. Wyatt, he is definitely an actor, a director, writer. He does all kinds of stuff, too. And Gail is usually behind the scenes producing everything yes. that they do, which is actually a lot more work than just directing or <laughs> writing, as we all know. It's yeah, that's a, what makes the movie go, Yeah, the producer. That's right. So Wyatt decided to be the lead actor in his movie, a one-man show, right? Yeah, but it's not just a one-person show. It is not just Because one. he played three roles. He did. And uh, so he played himself. The main character, the man. Yeah. Then he played a, a twin brother of his. Yeah. Which looked totally different than he he his first character did. Yeah. And then he also played his father. Yes. Which looked different than the other two characters he played. And they all sounded different. They acted different. Wyatt really pulled it off. He did. In fact, my wife, when she was there at the screening with me, she saw it and she didn't quite know that Wyatt didn't really have a twin brother. Nice. <laughs> so hats off to you, Wyatt. For it's a pretty good out. compliment. It is. I never. She never gives me compliments for shit. That's uh, because <laughs> yeah. we've been married for twenty five years. Uh, but yeah, so he pulled off the acting very well. But the, what 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 Wyatt didn't have to do this time, what he normally does, is he didn't have to be behind the camera. He set up some of the camera shots 
for his wife Gail to shoot, which had never been mine there. And I got to tell you, and I told her at the end of the screening, I can't believe that was the first time she shot. Because yeah. there's every scene, the camera was moving, essentially. Uh, pushes, pulls, pannings, zooms, whatever. And uh, she pulled it off very, very well. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, the storyline was compelling. <laughs> very, you know. Uh, he came up with a really good idea. And he executed with just two people making a feature film that made sense from A to Z. The acting was pretty damn good. Yeah. Uh, the camera work was great. The sound was great. The, it just, I'm, hats off to you, man. I, I can't say more than that about it. Uh, you can elaborate some more on it because there's lots of little stuff in there, like the movie Within, uh, you can speak about. Yeah. Uh, so another thing that Wyatt did, because Wyatt's a filmmaker, and uh, let me explain that. So... There's a segment within the movie when they're watching an old episodic 60s like Twilight Zone TV show. Yeah. And there was another show that was in the public domain. It was not Twilight Zone. It was not Outer Limits. It was some even lesser known show. It was like from Outer Beyond. I don't know what it's called. Anyways, Wyatt was going to use clips from that, but then another company bought up the rights to all those old episodes. So he was going to license. He, he asked about licensing. And, you know, like a 30-second clip from that show, and they quoted them $10,000. For 30 seconds. Which, as Wyatt has said, and I agree with, if you have, you know, a $100 million budget or whatever, that's that's fine. That's not a ton of money. That's not going to break you, right? But his whole budget was like, you know, under $2,000. So he did what any filmmaker would do. He made his own 60s episodic Twilight Zone type show called... From Hell Beyond. And also, like any true filmmaker, any true independent filmmaker would do, and I told Wyatt this much, I said, of course, man, you couldn't just shoot the clips for the show. You had to make an entire short film that you pulled the clips from, which is what he did, (laughs) because that's what you do if you're a true independent filmmaker. It's like, well, I'm already halfway to a short now. I might as well just finish the whole damn thing. And it was awesome. That showed before the movie, and I loved it. He even had 60s commercials, like actual commercials from the 60s in there. (laughs) It it was great, man. It was just, it was a great experience all the way around. I can't give any higher praise than that. I mean, it was just a, a fun night, fun movie, fun experience, fun short film. And the fact they did it with zero money zero money and zero crew and there was a handful of other people in the cast that were only in the film briefly it just a hell of a lot of work yeah they were in the film briefly just um after you know covid let up he could start filming again when he had to shoot that from hell beyond that's the only time he had more than just he and uh gail well they had they had a doctor and they had uh, oh at the, be- at the yes, beginning yes they they shot that after yeah they shot all the that was afterwards yeah but still just a you know a great great experiment that worked and worked well yeah my hats off to him and uh, we'll have him on again and we'll also let you know where you can see that when it becomes public yeah because I'm sure he's gonna make it public somewhere uh, in the near future it, it, it'll you'll enjoy it you'll be really surprised if he. Uh, if he gets it through the distribution waters. <laughs> yeah, he'll probably be going through the same thing we're going to be going through pretty soon. Yeah. Actually, right now, we're going through it right now. That's what we're swimming in. And, you know, here's here's the question that 
I guess it's a rhetorical question. Even if your distributor is honest, how do you make money at this game? It is rhetorical because I, I don't know if anyone has a real answer, uh, except for if, if it hits, it hits, right? If they are honest, you both will make money, right? True. So we've been looking into other distributors, right? And uh, we're looking at their catalogs and all the movies that they have already. And a lot of the movies uh, you and I have spoke about, we've never seen before or heard before. Uh, the posters look good. The trailers look good. And uh, we've never heard of them. Some of them are kind of new, but it's because independent films are kind of hard to find in, unless they become mainstream somehow. Yeah. But they're... The thing is, like I was asking you earlier, is th there's got to be money made somewhere on these independent films, right? Because these distributors have to make money. They have offices. They have websites. They have Some of them have been in the business a long, long, long time. And they're not ready to go out of business. So they're finding ways to make money with these, Chris. We just don't know exactly how, right? So our question to the distributors should be, how are you staying in business? I've never seen these films before. But you're obviously still in business, so you are making money. How are you making money for yourself and your films? So once they can answer those questions, uh, I'll be a little bit more relaxed if they can fairly answer those in, um, in like a short answer, too. I don't, I, I don't know if we're going to get a straight answer. Because, we're going to find out. Because, I mean, honest to God, who who is watching these films? I mean, we're we're filmmakers, and you know, I, I've watched you know some indie films, but there are just so many movies that I have never heard of, and I don't even have enough time to to sit down and watch movie after movie after movie that I've never heard of, right? Because time is a precious commodity that you know a lot of us at a certain point in life don't have a whole lot of. So it's like, how do you dedicate all this time to watch these movies you've never heard of? Well, the, most of them aren't in the mainstream, like like I said earlier, but. There is a large, large, large number of people, and that is their thing, is independent films. They're not necessarily anti-Hollywood, but they really like the nitty-gritty stuff. The, they like the imperfect viewing. You know what I mean? It's not all polished. It's not all perfect. And they're making money. So you reference Blue Ruin quite a bit. I do. And I have never, never heard of it till you told me to go watch it. I'm not sure how you got to see it. How did you know about it? I think it was uh, our old uh, cinematographer on 35 Days, Ben Vogel. It was, and I remember. He saw Blue Ruin. He's like, Chris, you got to watch this movie. I'm like, okay. And I was blown away by it, and I told Brock to watch it. Told Mackie to watch it. Mackie still has not watched <laughs> Blue Ruin. He's always on assignment, though. So He is. <laughs> he is. Maybe well, that's what he's doing. Well, so, like, Blue Ruin wasn't in the mainstream. No. It still isn't. It's a damn good movie. You should see it. Uh, but somehow it gained traction without being in the mainstream, right? Well, I think it was a quarter million dollar budget, and I think it might have played at Cannes. So well, that may have helped. That would help a little but, bit. <laughs> but it only had one name actor in it, right? One larger name. There's there's a couple of minor. I mean, right, right. there's there are no big names in the film. Right. Okay. I mean, there are a few kind of lesser known names, but yeah. Well, to get into Cannes. I mean, you, I guess you have to have something special. you got to make better movies like you talked about yeah. last episode you were talking about. 
if you want your movies to be seen, make better movies, which I agree 100%. And that was a damn good movie, and somehow it, there's probably a lot of good movies out there that don't make it to Cannes or anything close to that. So maybe this is a bad example because this one went to Cannes. I don't know. But still, even though it did, it's I still didn't see it in theaters. I didn't see it pop up on any of my platforms. No. I didn't see it any DVDs that were for sale because this is uh, eight years ago now, right? Something like ten that. Ten years ago. Ten years ago. It was 2013. Okay, yeah, so, wow, ten years ago. And um, <laughs> I don't know. Some people are watching them, and then word of mouth gets out. When good movies are made, they get out. Yeah. So I guess we just got to make sure we make good fucking movies. Well, that's that's sort of the baseline, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So beyond that, how do they start making movies? How to start making money at movies? You're right. Uh, you can't answer that, really, unless it's Blair Witch and... There's no more player witches to be made. I don't no, think. because well, the world has changed so much. I mean, streaming has has both leveled the playing field and wrecked the entire stadium at the same time. <laughs> That's a good way to put that. Exactly, I think. Yeah, uh, it really has. <laughs> Why don't you elaborate what you mean by that? So it is easier than ever before to make and put out a movie yourself. It's 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 not that difficult. I mean. Making the movie's hard, but... Yeah, it's it's all relative. It's it's hard to make a movie, but, I mean, you could you, you don't have to have... You don't have to have a studio behind you anymore. No. You don't even have to make a good movie to get it on a platform. You can make a half-assed, schlocky turd and still put it out there. And because there is so much content and it is just flooded, absolutely flooded with content, that it's kind of broken the old mold of how people got films like there are no more video stores right you just sit on your couch and you just click through whatever streaming service you have until you see something that catches your eye and then you go and watch the office for the 50th time (laughs) i mean that's that's what's kind of in a way wrecked everything it's Mm -hmm. like we've we have it too good now there is too much stuff out there and it's too readily available and that's why it's so hard to break through all that white noise. It is. I mean, the only aspect of that that's kind of this. It's kind of cool. I think is since there is there's so many people in this world watching shit on platforms. So I mean, if you just got one percent of the population to watch your film, you're gonna do pretty well. Yeah. Uh, so I guess people look at it that way, and but also there's a wrecking aspect of that too the wrecking ball aspect of that too like you was talking about everybody thinks they can do it because somebody else already has done it i don't know the, the real answers i if, if i did we probably wouldn't have to, we wouldn't have to ask them yeah you know, we'd be executing them the only thing we can do is what we are doing is sending out our movie to distributors that we picked out ourselves to, to see if they like our movie and so far, we've got pretty good responses and, and have talked yeah. to, to some. But doesn't mean we're actually going to go with anybody yet. No, no, it's all preliminary talks. And they, like you said on the er, earlier episode, maybe it's the last episode, Chris, you know, here's how it's going to be at the beginning. And we, we all knew, oh, yeah, we like your movie. We like this about your movie, like that about your movie. We thought this part, part was funny, which is kind of weird. <laughs> but, uh, it, all the responses have been pretty pretty good, but we know the initial 
conversation is always going to be that way. You know, what are your plans? How quick do you want this thing out? Yeah. Um, is this the final final cut? And we're like, yeah, we're not sending off a half-ass cut. So uh, they I, they they always just want to know that kind of shit. Yeah. The initial uh, rub and tug is uh, it's a good time, but it doesn't mean anything. No, just to get to know them a little bit better. And, you know, we know there's a lot of bad distributors out there, but I think the ones we are speaking to now are they're legitimate companies for sure. Uh, but we don't know if they're a fit yet. I guess we will see. Yeah. But in the meantime, you know what we're going to talk about? Tell me, Chris. Well, we always talk about the highs, the lows, and the in-betweens. True independent filmmaking. Go Blues. On the Indie Film Sucks podcast, brought to you by Media Millimeter Productions. Uh, You know, it's out there. You can find it. I think everyone's found it. Who's going to find it? I don't know. Whatever. Anyways, see you next time. Indie Film Sucks. Indie Film Sucks. It's the Indie Film Sucks podcast.